Welcome to another episode of We Are Curious, hosted by the HISA team. And uh, we had a couple of interesting things happening this week. We had Faricom launch their, their eSIM, and we had um, our president go to Ethiopia, of course, to discuss with Abi. And uh, I've seen quite interesting, uh, interesting memes on that that I cannot mention on record. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the things that Uhuru discussed with Abi was uh, opening up mobile money. I think, Felix, you'll go into detail to that. And then, of course, we had um, what's happening in, in, in markets, definitely. A few changes with the most recent one being Transcentury. And then um, more at a, at a regional level, we have the love-hate relationship between Kenya and, and Somalia. It looks like um, we, we're now allowed to visit each other. I guess those yeah. are some of the things that I look to, to talking about today. How about you, Felix? Well, Ali, I know. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, as usual, it's me, Felix, here. So looking at it from an, a whole different standpoint, we have in development, tech developments happening left, right, and center from both a local market perspective, also a global perspective. Uh, I know we spoke about this earlier, but you see, uh, we're seeing a lot that is happening in the cryptocurrency space. China is still, uh, China is still being... Uh, the Pluto in, in, in cryptocurrencies and and we're seeing that um, El Salvador has become the first mass for crypto to actually land on. So there's also a lot of activity as well in terms of uh, trading on the NSE. Um, Jubilee uh, Holdings is looking to give a rights issue. So that only leaves DTB on, on hold. And also another thing is what's really in, in Ethiopia for mobile money. We're seeing, we're seeing Ethiopia Telecom is moving with a lot of speed. I know that's one thing that definitely we're going to touch in one way or another. So that's something as well to be very interesting about today. I think uh, also in, in Africa, before before we forget, uh, first of all, how, how did we even leave this one out? The budget. I oh, guess I guess it didn't man. come to our focus. We talked about it a <laughs> lot of times. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. We have we have the budget to discuss and uh, what will come with that. I think at an African level, Tanzania wants to waive. Uh, wants to wave, is it a VAT for smartphones? And that's, uh, that's a rather interesting proposition. And is that, is that how bad guys in Tanzania need smartphones? Or is that how bad the government doesn't Look, that we're, we're recovering from bad relations times Amagufuri. Can you just <laughs> chill? Leave, leave Tanzania alone. Wakona eh? Suluhu. And I think uh, also more countries in Africa are planning to join the rest to produce vaccines. I think Egypt is a is the latest on the front. Did you hear anything from Rwanda? Rwanda I feel like Rwanda is our standard um, PR country. <laughs> like if we need Africa to look good, we just point at Rwanda. Yeah, of course, yeah. we covered the genocide and then from there on, uh, that, that country just makes us look yeah, like, good. Like, like you see, when, whenever you're talking about Rwanda, at any point, you see, whenever you need something from the international partners, you'd always tell them, come on, we have Rwanda. Rwanda is going to benefit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't really hate on Rwanda, but uh, there's a lot that's really happening um, in the country and also in terms of them starting to produce the vaccines. I know that's something that uh, Paul Kagame has mentioned over and over, uh, that they're looking on getting the patent right so that they can be able to. And I think this is something that every country is really supposed to be looking into. I'm wondering what Kenya is actually doing as the largest economy in East Africa. What is it that Kenya is actually doing on that vaccine speed? Or actually for us, we are importing vaccines. So in case you're wondering, um, and in case you missed this out, 
the cabinet secretary for treasury that's Sukuri Atani actually said that he set aside some money for buying for importing vaccines so i don't know what's really happening on the kenyan space why we cannot be able to work on getting this right so that we can have access to these products as well you know ali it's it's really interesting but i know we all know that the main reason why we are importing vaccines and not manufacturing them is because of the cost um which is high of course it's not cheap yeah locally when you're when when you're buying it it would be to be it could actually be way expensive but you know one way or another i won't i don't want to say it so mm. I, i would stop it at that <laughs> right and then maybe down south uh, we'll, we'll discuss uh, what's happening with our uh, how should i say this nicely without offending kq we'll, we'll be discussing another uh, failing stop fail airline uh, i think we had developments in south africa airlines they're planning to uh, they're planning to to give no they actually announced that they're selling the majority of the of the shareholding to to private entities in South Africa Kenya Airways see what other people are doing you know maybe i would defend KQ on that a bit because you know i'm looking at it from South Africa Airways standpoint you know mm-hmm. SAA is actually down 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 like that company was SA had grounded to a halt. You remember you remember the video that was going around about about um South African Airways having the last flights. Right. My concern would really be what level of 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 activity is the private entity um giving to South African Airways, you know. At least KQ man, we can still be able to we can still be able to have a few flights go from Nairobi to Kisumu and a few even even continental intercontinental we can see some of these flights continuing but for south africa airways man it was dead so this is this is actually a shot in the arm though airlines um, national airlines like kq and all other national airlines probably one way or another can actually learn from the failures of south african airlines uh, to probably just these are things you can actually work around and i know we talked about um, kenya airways with the new um, strategic partner the guy the, the project <laughs> Uh, you know this is the second time the third time we're actually seeing this the, the uk consultant yes exactly yes. oh yeah that one. oh they're actually a consultant so yes it, it's going to be very interesting just to see how kq would make a u-turn but i still think there's a lot of challenge with this that's something that i know with time we'll definitely want to just um look in and just have it as as, as a learning lesson we wouldn't want kq to become personally for me i think kq has a stronger potential but kq has a mismanaged potential so uh the government should bring it back for trading man we should please i think do not say game stop all right i'll i'll stop it at that i've had too many discussions with you becoming predictable banner um i think uh globally we'll, we'll have a look at uh at the world bank report Uh, a few days ago world bank released the global global economic prospects and so we'll get to see what the organization thinks uh, where we're heading to especially in in sub-saharan africa mm-hmm. i think um i think i think they they had um how how would i put this they had quite a modest outlook for the year um of around an economic expansion of around 2.8% for 2021 and maybe 3.3% Uh, next year 
we'll get to see what's that about, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's get started. Isim. Safaricom Isim. We, we, we were not started yet. Oh no, we were just <laughs> we were just reading the menu for guys to listen in. Alright guys, uh, so maybe kicking it up with, with, with a new kid on the block, if you if you've probably not heard of this, Safaricom became the second company, the second telecommunications company in the country to introduce eSIM after Jami Telecommunications Limited. That's the company that provides guys with fiber, um, fiber internet. Is it? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's yeah, fiber. Fiber is fiber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fiber is fiber. So, uh, if you've seen that, um, if, if 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 you've seen the, the the cartoons about fiber, so that company was the first to 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 give guys an eSIM. What's really an eSIM? An eSIM is sort of an it's it, it's an embedded sim where um, it's in it's an inbuilt um, technology where the telecommunication service can actually be embedded inside the phone without you having to put a physical sim card. So what Safaricom was doing uh, and what they're doing, Safaricom is not the first company to introduce this in the country. It's also not the first in the world to actually um, improvise this technology. But I know because of Safaricom having a huge customer base. Um, this is one thing that all clients are probably looking into one way or another. The main challenge that I've seen um, from guys online, Ali, is that Safaricom um, is currently not the service. Um, it was announced on the first day and within the past 24 hours, that was announced on 8th and on 9th and 10th, a lot of guys have been complaining that Safaricom is only allowing um, that service to guys who are, who are in postpay. So, um, if, if you have, and, and also the eSIM the e service is not available to all mobile networks, uh, to all um, mobile phones. Yeah, 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 the, the mobile um, devices. Currently, uh, a few, uh, somebody called them fruit phones. <laughs> <laughs> so, in case you're wondering what a fruit phone is, this is purely uh, the, the Apple devices, and not all Apple devices. I think it's the, the XR, the, uh, the XS Max. Um, the the eleven and twelve, uh, those are the ones that are that are supporting mm -hmm. uh, Safaricom's um, eSIM service at the moment. Though there are a lot of other devices, and also there are a few Samsung devices, I think around two or three that they mentioned that also support the eSIM um, network um, uh, capability. So the good thing about this is, if you've had fruit phones and you've only been accessing one network, you can actually be able to now access two of them. One of them on your SIM card, and the other one. As the embedded right. service right the main challenge that you have to be prepared about if you're having an eSIM is that if your phone goes off you're technically messed up because if your phone goes off you you can't literally come on if kenya power decides to do their thing and the phone goes off you have to wait until kenya power decides to give you back the service oh yeah oh crap i didn't think about that yeah because because you know you can you can't you can't pull off your your eSIM and say I'm going to now switch it off from uh, from from my from my fruit phone to my Kabambe phone. You know, uh, it's it's a whole um, different aspect. But then I'm really hoping that with time we'll have Safaricom roll this to to they'll they'll roll this to to other devices and also to the prepaid users. Uh, with them rolling this service out to any other device that comes out, also we have to acknowledge that not all devices currently support the eSIM feature. Um, most of the phones, even the phones that are coming in of late, not all of them actually have the eSIM service. But we really hope with tech advancement, this is one thing that guys are hoping, you know what, we'll have plastic bands 
uh, so guys can no longer have SIM cards. So we want to save the global <laughs> <laughs> global warming, guys. We want to stop global warming. So what are we doing? Really, and, and, and SIM cards is a place to start, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So before you plant trees, come on, do away with the SIM cards first. Interesting. Me, me and you have a different way of looking at, uh, looking at how to save the world from global warming. But I think something that I noticed about the eSIMS was, um, I think it's, it's, it was something shared on, um, was it TechWiz by Kirito guy. Shout out to you, man. Anyway, um, something I know. You keep your jealousy. I will shout you out once you start posting meaningful content. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, something that I something that was out there was um, the eSIM would easily allow you to sort of re-download profiles, and it's going to be especially useful for guys on on roaming. I I'm not traveling out of the country, neither am I using a, a fruit phone. So I guess these are just um, developments that I have to follow on the news. Yeah, I think you should you should onboard the fruit phones. I should too, I have to admit. Yeah, but I know I can be able to access the eSIM. Right. Yeah. Um What do you think? Because what we've noticed is once uh once Safaricom introduces something, you know, the other guys come rushing. Do you think we'll we're likely to see this with um the companies that have Safaricom's money? <laughs> Oh my God! Companies that have 1.5 shillings billion owed to Safaricom, and Safaricom was thinking of writing off that debt. It's something we discussed last week, by the way. All right, I know those companies might want to introduce the service, uh, and I believe they have the capabilities as well. Considering some of them have global um, presence, yeah, global presence. We know, uh, we know, we know. Uh, okay, guys, I'm sorry, and this doesn't necessarily represent. Um, an opinion or for the team, this is my personal opinion. So whatever I say here, um, I think I can actually be held responsible. <laughs> but I'm not saying you that. Uh, I'm not saying you guys do that. So what I'm really thinking, Ali, is these are the mobile uh, service providers. You know, as, as technology advances, they also change um, one by one. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at companies like Airtel and Telcom, probably with their subscribers wanting to access some of these services they would definitely want to introduce the same service. Airtel, um, which has um, cover from the parent firm, uh, India's Bharti Airtel, is likely to introduce the service because I looked and Bharti Airtel has actually introduced the service um, in, in India. And also, I think, in some African markets. Uh, in Africa, I think MTN, MTN was the first to introduce um, eSIM uh, to its subscribers. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing that with, with Airtel as well coming in. So. I believe it's just a matter of time. Um, what I don't know is if Telcom can actually manage to pull that. Yeah, you know, tel- okay, they will definitely. But yeah, I think it's a Swiss Telcom. Interesting. All right, guys, <laughs> a random poll. Do we have iPhone users who use Telcom? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, I believe guys at Telcom have iPhone and they use Telcom. I, I, I don't want to go there, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember seeing this tweet and someone said that um, he, he he works at Airtel, but he uses Safaricom. They would use Safaricom. You, they have a Safaricom <laughs> line where you can be able to call them when your service is down. So. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like it's like um. Let me let me also hit another company. It's like it's like Zuku, which is oh, owned okay. by which is owned by by um. 
wananchi group zuku boasts of having their own um, network which you can actually call right early mm-hmm. but then they give his faricom number to call whenever you have an, an issue with them and yeah really guys but I, i really like that about equity equity nowadays it's purely equity so guys at equity thumbs up right i think now that uh now that, now that we're here <laughs> Felix, one of these good days will get into trouble because of your comments. No, no, no. Actually, guys, whatever we've said here is we cannot be held responsible. You can't tell anybody. This is a conversation two people are having. So, absolutely, you can't hold me liable for this. Right. Now that now that we're talking about uh, um, Safaricom and the things they do, Ethiopia, I know it's something that we already discussed uh, in our other podcast. Guys, we talked about well, what's, uh, what's happening in Ethiopia with our <clears throat> I really have to hold myself back from calling him the name that he's called on Twitter. Our president went to went to Ethiopia and they had discussions with Abi. And uh, you, do you want to talk about that, Felix? Just touch touch on it in case you want deep details onto um, some of the things, some of the outcomes that we had in the conversation between uh, Prime Minister Abi Abi Ahmed and President Uhuru Kenyatta about um, Ethiopia and what's happening there, as well as opening up the mobile money license you should definitely check out our, our other podcast it's usually on wednesday we talked about this on wednesday on uh, bulls bears and whiskey check it out after you'll get to find it there but could you touch it do you touch about it felix so guys this is this is it um safaricom and its entire um consortium where safaricom has the majority actually want to bid to set up a telecommunications company in Ethiopia so they got they became the first company that uh, the first company that the, that is privately owned to actually set up they're going to become the first company to set up a, a mobile telecommunications network in Ethiopia i think we were as shareholders of safaricom personally I'm a shareholder i have i think i have some 100 shares so i can as well call myself a shareholder as shareholders of safaricom one of the things that we were always looking at <laughs> Oh my god this is interesting. And you have the audacity to mention the number online. <laughs> Just go. On. Let me start again. Okay. As shareholders of Safaricom, uh we 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 were always trying to look at this from a point of Mpesa which has been which has really really come out to be a major business for Safaricom. Uh the mobile money transfer service would actually be um the backbone of Safaricom and the entire consortium getting into Ethiopia because Safaricom had actually got to a point where they mentioned that they would invest um 850 um billion into 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 Ethiopia and this is the largest FDI um foreign direct investment that Ethiopia is at least at the moment uh, we that boasts we boast as the largest FDI for uh, Ethiopia yes we because I'm a member of Safari I'm a shareholder of Safaricom that has majority in the consortium so definitely have to brag a little bit about that so when president uhuru kenyatta went to um ethiopia earlier this week uh he went for the opening ceremony and then he actually encouraged um abi to allow uh, he he urged them to open up the entire uh, telecom the telecommunication sector to private mobile money business ethiopia is like the china of africa ethiopia eritrea 
these are like the China of Africa, communist nations where most of the things that the state would always want the control over some of these um, services. Uh, this includes banking, capital markets, and also um, any other services, uh, getting into it from money services, money transfer services. And the main challenge that I know previous companies, including Kenya Airways, have faced from Ethiopia has actually been repatriation of the money that they've invested or the returns that they're getting from that country. So what we're looking at at this point and what um, Abi said was that they would actually get a lot uh, um, with time, they would open up the space. I think Abi has been quite um, instrumental to Ethiopia. Right. Uh, as much as we know, there are a few things that have come up mostly with the war in the Tigray region. But, you know, looking at it from another standpoint, Ali, um, Abi has literally opened up um, Ethiopia, where we're seeing other Kenyan companies. It's not only Safaricom. I think it's it's KCB or Equity. One of them has a, an, a, an office in Ethiopia. No, actually, you know, Equity, uh, James announced the other day that they're, they're, looking, they're looking to enter that market after Safaricom went in. Ooh. I think... Um, the, in it, and Sorry, my, my English subscription is running out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Kenjan and the drilling. Um, yeah. All right, because um, oh, so actually, Safaricom is not the first Kenyan company to go into Ethiopia. Well, I know they are private individuals, but for listed companies, it looks mm-hmm. like Kenjan, uh, Kenjan hit the deal first. It did. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing that I know, guys, will constantly be looking into. My hope at the moment is that uh, we don't get to give um, Ethio Telecom quite a huge head start as we've given it over time. Uh, you know, looking at it from another angle, you know, as at yesterday, um, Telebir, which, which is um, Ethiopia's mobile money transfer service, uh, had actually already linked with two banks, the Commercial Bank of Ethiopia and the Bank of Abyssinia, so that they can actually help in transferring these mobile money services. So that's one thing that um, a lot of guys would always be looking into. So I'm really hoping that as soon as Safaricom gets to move into um, Ethiopia early, and, and I know that um, Peter and were during the, the, the investors call, uh, the, the conference call, I know he mentioned, the, the media call, he mentioned that um, Ethiopia Telecom has been given a head start but he didn't brag of it, but he said that, you know what, we have the skills. We've tested this over and over. In short, Ndegwa said, see you, Yeah, so I'm really hoping that they get to put that into perspective. I know maybe the only other concern about um, Safaricom's investment in Ethiopia um, is that the repatriation of, of the dividends, uh, which, which I know we're also going to just We'll definitely be looking into it. Felix, let's look at the bigger picture here. Um, I want us to look at how um, banking services thrived in Kenya after mobile money. And uh, let's look at what, what do you think? Because once a country, like once we have an established mobile money service in a country, either whether Ethiopia is going to take the lead or um, the Safaricom Consortium is going to take the lead here is, is an issue. But, you know, once a country has an established mobile money service, it creates a bridge for other, for other organizations. So, for example, um, the banking sector, forget the banking sector, startups, 
mm. that startups that ride on payment services. This could definitely be the next um, the next big thing in Ethiopia, especially for for guys like Akina Akina um what, what's his name guys like Akina Nala, you know, um, mm. or the flatterways of Nigeria looking to you know look into such markets. Guys like Chipokash. What do you think? Well. I believe that this is going to be um, a turning point for Ethiopia from a point of the country being closed to uh, to every other thing but you know it's also going to be a good thing to spur a lot of economic activities as well you know I'm sure guys in Ethiopia have heard of mobile money you know you guys have heard of it you've seen it online you're seeing Mpesa trending in Kenya almost daily in your life what you know, someone can actually move money from your number to their number without you having to put this money in in, in an envelope and have um and 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 tie it around the neck of a of of, of 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 an eagle to probably deliver it somewhere, or a crow to actually deliver it on the other side. You know, guys in Ethiopia are like, oh, if it's finally here. I know the main thing is usually about who goes in first, as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always about the guy who goes in first usually has the technical advantage over you. Also considering that um, before bringing in mobile money, there's a high possibility that Ethio Telecom actually had a very good head start in terms of data. So they've done a lot of analysis, but at the same time, come on. I believe in, 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 in what Safaricom's chief said uh, about, about the experience. And it's not only Safaricom that's coming in. So maybe this is one thing that we always talk about that we forget. It's not only Safaricom that is bringing in their expertise into Ethiopia. We have a lot of other companies as well, including Vodafone, Vodacom, which have a lot of experience in terms of uh, mobile money, uh, uh, generally mobile money telecommunications connectivity. Another thing, Ali, that maybe this is the challenge that I would want to give you guys, right. is in the case of the egg and the chicken, where you are asked which one came first, is it the egg or the chicken? So, uh, and scientists have actually said if it weren't for, if, if it weren't for, there's no possibility that the hen would have come out if uh, the chicken would have come out if it weren't for the egg, because the components that form the, the chicken are only found in the egg. So the same way, when you're talking about um, other sectors, really, uh, inter- interlinked, one way or another with mobile telecom- telecommunication services. Even when Safaricom started, most of these other services are slowly, slowly by slowly just coming up. Right. Ethiopia right now is really focusing a lot on getting guys onto the platform, guys to register on the platform and the banking sector as well, right? My thought process is Safaricom could get in with a business aspect. You see, the word um, Ethiopia Telecom has linked to banks but it's still more of user to bank. So it's B2C, C2B. Mm-hmm. What if Safaricom goes to a point where it's, it's B2B, where it's business to bank and bank to business? Right. You see, there are a lot of angles that they can actually get into that Ethio Telecom, unless they lead in within the next um, few months before. And I saw an ad that actually came out the other day, though it was in in um, in, 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 in Amharic. So I, I, won't, I wasn't able to understand it. But Safaricom and the team was already saying something like, Come on, guys, feel 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 the sense we're here. Moving on. I feel like you you you're too emotionally invested into this discussion and uh, we've we've exhausted. Let's talk about the couple that keeps on uh breaking up and getting back together. Kenya oh. and Somalia. 
Oh man, almost thought Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> we're no, we're not discussing Kanye and Kim on this platform. Wrong platform, Felix. I know it's a Friday, but no. <laughs> All right, guys. So, so uh, okay, no. I'll let, let me let me take this up. <laughs> so, um, I think yesterday the the Kenya Civil Aviation Authority announced that uh, you know what uh, we're, we're reopening the skies for for flights to and from Somalia. And I think the ministry said something in the lines of uh, the government has taken due consideration of intercessions met and has decided to reopen Kenyan's airspace to all flights originating from Somalia and emanating from Kenya to Somalia. And uh, I think on, on, the, on Somalia's end, the country also issued a, a statement, I think it was a tweet, acknowledging that, um, you know what, let's do this. <laughs> All right. Um, first of all, Ali, I think we can we can let's let's agree to it. The two things, in my opinion, that I, I really find very weird happening. Three days ago, um, KEBS, that's um, Kenya Bureau of Standards, mm-hmm. actually approved a new conduct for 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 Mira. You know, and you know, Mira is is, is our highest exporter to Somalia. Right. And we import a lot in terms of um, meat from Somalia, and we're seeing these flights, which are very important because this is a very this is a perishable product. Kebs approved this, and then the next day, we have um, Kenya and Somalia getting to agree. So were we really hurting guys in one way or another? And they're like, no, 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 you guys just bring 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 the mirror, and the rest will work. The only other thing which I know a lot of guys are also not really aware about is that uh, Qatar has been very um, instrumental in the relations, uh, the, the the general um, international relations between um, Ethiopia, between Somalia and Kenya, mm-hmm. and I think it's a good work that they have done. I know I know a lot of guys have various concerns, even even neighboring countries. Qatar's own neighbors have concerns about Qatar, so. <laughs> Getting me say that this was a good one for them, uh, definitely is is is. Um, I I believe it's it's a positive thing. Ali, I don't know what you think about this, but Qatar has been uh, all the way at any point. Whenever we have, I think Qatar is like that. Somalia's big brother, you know, where any point whenever they have a relation a, a dispute with Kenya, Qatar is always like, "Yo, Kenya, what are you doing?" And 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 we would we would actually go to the table and discuss this with them. So I think that's one thing. The only thing which they have refused to really touch is the, is the oil blocks, which which the the natural gas blocks and the oil blocks in the Indian Ocean. I know that's one thing that they have refused to touch on, Ali. Mm-hmm. But let's hope that things will be better. Let's let, let's hope that one day, one way. I'm really interested. How did that case go? Which one? The one about the oil blocks between Kenya and Somalia. Uh, what box? Are you talking about the maritime border? Yeah, yes, yes, the maritime border. You know, like, you know, it's a maritime border, but the main thing that we know we're fighting over there, it's because of the, is it natural gas deposits or the oil deposits that are within that region? And Somalia actually auctioned this without us involved. Like, yo, man, Somalia, 
I don't know. But come on, you guys need to give us a share. We, we, we've been very good neighbors. And, and I'm really hoping that that continues. That's something that will continue with both countries. So the last update I had about well, the oil blocks is... Um, is the, I think it was around three weeks ago. And um, we're planning to split 50-50. Awesome. And, <laughs> hold on. And guess who was involved in brokering the deal? Qatar. Of course, Qatar. <laughs> oh man. So Qatar actually I, I I withdraw my initial statement where I said you're not involved in the in in the maritime role. You guys are there. And I know you're standing for your big brother, both Kenya and Somalia. Uh, so we really hope that 50-50 is actually a good deal. Yeah, so 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 Qatar, but I think I, I'm not so sure the way forward with the um, International Court of Justice, because last I checked um, we, oh, we need more time, we need to get our papers yeah. together, um, there are some few documents that are missing, there was this, there were quite a number yeah, of... And, and, and Kenya kept saying, you know what, they have a Somali judge on the bench. On the bench. Let's just say that there are many creative ways of, of deferring um, the, the case. Of giving, of giving Qatar time to come and talk to this, its friends. I'm trying to be diplomatic here because I want to travel the world. <laughs> Can you please help me? But I feel like, here's the thing, Felix. Yeah, this is what I think about um, opening up the skies between Kenya and Somalia. Good move. Amira goes there, the mid comes here. But then as long as we don't solve the underlying issues, which include uh, the maritime border dispute, because this is just an agreement sort of, we don't, I do not, where I see right now, I do not have the nitty gritty details and there isn't much news on that. I think the star is the only one who covered, who covered it. It was last month. Until we solve the mar we have a lasting solution about the, the border dispute. Until we have a lasting solution over the accusations of um, Kenya meddling, well, allegedly meddling with the affairs in Somalia, it's we'll just keep plastering bullet wounds. No pun intended. Well, this is just okay. It's just it's going. It's just going to be you know, um, it's it's going to be an easy solution to, to, to a deeper problem. Okay. Very interesting, Ali. Uh, I wouldn't wish to comment further on the Somalia, Qatar, Kenya um, bromance. I, I, I would want to travel the world as well. Markets, Felix. Let's talk about markets. <laughs> <clears throat> Talking about markets, guys. The first thing that this week you need to know is if you're a shareholder of NCBA, uh, you guys definitely hit the markets yesterday. NCBA, Ali, I think this is the first time in a very long while where we're seeing um, huge turnovers, mostly on, on NCBA. Uh, I have to, I think the last time we saw a turnover on NCBA, the turnover probably hit, the week's turnover was probably, I think, about 240 something million. Uh, but right now, uh, there are two things on the market, apart from NCBA, uh, maybe just before I get into NCBA, let me just tell you guys about a few changes that happened on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. Uh, so this was, um, NSC had a few changes on the board um, of directors, uh, where Samuel Kimani, who's been the board chairman and now an, an independent, has been an, an independent non-executive director of the NSC, actually, um, retired from the board of directors 
Another person who retired from the board was um, Bob Karina. Samuel Kimani was was the former CEO of Jamibora, which is now um, Kingdom Bank. Mm -hmm. uh, so Samuel Kimani has been was the chairman for the NSC uh, for I think eight years. Um, he's retired. Uh, another person who's retired is Bob Karina, who's retired both from being the uh, he's, he's he's retired from being the board's vice chairman and director representing trading participants. So Bob Karina is the chairman of Fed Investment Bank, and I believe Bob Karina, in my opinion, has been one of the most influential people on the NSC in terms of putting a lot of investor activity out there. Um, he's one of those guys who you could always find him attending all these activities, um, the NSC Investment Challenge, anything to deal that deals with the youth. Right, he's always there. Uh, so that's one thing I know definitely we're going to miss him about. Bob Karina has been replaced um, by Donald Wangunyu, who is currently, um, who sits on the board of Standard Investment Bank uh, and Kasib as well. So he's he's the one who... Wait, guys. Right. Bob Karina has been replaced not by Donald Wangunyu, but by Paul Moy who's the CEO of AIB Axis Investment Bank Limited. So, so that's, that's, that's um, one thing. So I'm also seeing uh, something interesting. There's an interesting fact that has also come in as well. Sam Kimani as the CEO of, um, as the CEO of Jamibora actually invested in the supermarkets. One of the reasons why Jamibora um, quoted securities actually had a decline. So I was mentioning that Bob Karina has been replaced by Paul Moy, who's the CEO of AIB Axis. So technically, um, another investment banker has replaced another investment banker to, in representing trading participants. If you're wondering who are trading participants, this is not you. These are the investment banks. We're seeing um, Mr. Jose Akili um, has, also has also retired from the board and Nassim Devier. Devji, who's also retired as an, an executive director representing listed companies. So who's coming into the board? Guess who? Who? I know we've talked about Donald Wangumi, but there's one person who's coming. Whenever Safaricom's um, investor briefing start, there's always that, um, he looks polite. There's that polite gentleman who's always coming in on board and would tell you guys, uh, he introduces everybody else. Steven Chege of Safaricom. Ah. Chege, Chege, yeah, okay. So um, Stephen Chege of Safaricom uh, has actually joined um, the NSC's board. He's currently the Chief Corporate Affairs Officer at Safaricom PLC. And this is someone who has over 20 years of experience in policy, legal and regulatory affairs. So I know that's one thing. Ali, can we now say that Safaricom has infiltrated the NSC? Uh. I wouldn't say that. No, we would not say that. <laughs> Guys, um, that's definitely just um, a point to laugh on. Nothing really to hold about. Um, also, you need to know that whenever you see somebody from another company getting into the board of another firm doesn't necessarily mean that they are probably coming in on a hostile or on any hostility. Um, Stephen is um, Stephen Chagi is coming onto the NSC's board independently as Stephen Chagi is not coming in as Safaricom. So you need to be aware of that. The same way um, Donald Wangunyu uh, is coming in 
um, he's, he's coming in as, as, as Donald. He's not coming in as Standard Investment Bank. So you definitely need to just uh, get to understand that as well. Now, back to the markets. We talked about NCBA. Yesterday, NCBA Group PLC moved 54 million shares valued at 1.4 billion on the exchange. Let me tell you guys, retail investors, let me talk to you guys for a minute. If you're a retail investor on the exchange, what you need to know is whenever shares move in bulk like this, there could be two major possibilities. The first one is a normal buying and selling where another investor gets another investor and they say they talk to their brokers and tell them, you know what, I have, I think it's scary to say, but somebody says, you know what, I have 54 million shares of NCBA. Ali, do you need 54 million shares of NCBA? And they come into the market and they will trade. Mm -hmm. Another alternative is, and this is what most people usually need to know, is that what would happen most of, most of this time is you find um, fund managers or custodians who have some of the highest shareholding in, in most of these companies, they would probably just exchange books. That's the simplest way to put it, where they're basically just transferring these shares from one account to the other, and they need to do this on the market. So they would pay the taxes um, and probably pay the broker their commission, and they go away because the funds still the the the, the funds will, will still sit with them. Most of the time, whenever you see such huge trades, and we're seeing that, um, so let me give you guys an example. NCBA moved yesterday. Total has also moved today. Mm -hmm. You could actually find that this is just one fund manager who's moving their their their, their shares from one book from one account to the other. So they they're literally just shifting books. So that's one thing. As a retail investor, don't be swayed by these huge volumes. Safaricom does uh, 50 million shares and we're never scared. Like 5 million, 10 million, 50 million shares a week and you guys are still holding the fort there at 40. So why would you want to rush and buy NCBA? So you definitely want to know what's really happening on that stock or that counter before you can actually be able to um, make that trade. And I would also always encourage you as a retail investor at any point and once just a disclaimer i'm not advising anybody to not buy or buy ncba this is just an advice i'm giving you as a retail investor in form of market education at any point whenever you want to buy a stock please always look on the fundamentals bit if you feel ncba's fundamental are stable for you and you want to buy ncba please go ahead and buy um, ncba if you're currently holding and you feel you want to continue holding regardless of the move that happened on the market Continue holding the stock and not only NCBA, any other counter that you see giving huge volumes here and there. So that's one thing that you need to just generally have an idea of before you can be able to trade um, on the exchange. So the main challenge for retail investors over time has always been Ali. You know, most retail investors are moved by volumes. You're wondering, TransCentury has moved um, has moved 10 million shares. Can I, can I buy in? This, com this company has never moved. So you're always a little, you, you're always like, there's something here. I have to buy and I can't miss out. And I don't want to talk about inside information. That's something for CMA to handle. <laughs> and I'm not CMA. <laughs> All right, Ali, maybe I know I've talked a lot about that, uh, but that's something. Also again on markets today is 
Transcentury Limited, Transcentury PLC, but mm-hmm. has the shareholders of Transcentury have approved a rights issue. Man, how does a company get the audacity to come back after telling the shareholders that we want to delist from the NSC? And the main reason that Transcentury actually had is that they're not able to access capital because of the listing status that they have on the exchange, which has also reduced the valuation. Mm-hmm. Come on. This guy comes back to you and tells you, you know what, we now want a rights issue. I personally believe, my personal opinion, I think Transcentury is not worth a rights issue. As an investor, Transcentury has a lot of potential, but as an investor, come on. This is a company that the same same guys who are now asking you for your money had told you earlier on, you know what, we are actually thinking that we need to delist because we cannot be able to raise money as long as we are listed on the exchange. That was in July 2020. They were supposed to give shareholders information by December. They were silent all through. Now we're here, 2021. We're just a month uh, short of, of a year since that information came in. And now they're telling you, you know what, we, we want to give you five free shares for being a shareholder. Uh, not actually free. They're giving you uh, an opportunity to buy five free shares, five shares uh, for holding one share at a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. You know, technically what, what a rights issue mean is that as a shareholder, you're given the rights to buy additional shares at a cheaper price. You know, Transcentury is trading at one shilling and 40 cents. I mean, if they give you five shares at a discount, what discount are they going to give you these at? Are they going to give you this discount at 0.5? Are they going to give you this discount at one shilling? And weirdly enough, Transcentury has actually rallied on the market today. I don't know. I don't want to hit a lot onto Transcentury, but as a shareholder with that wisdom and that info, I'm not, I'm not calling myself wise. With that piece of information, you get to make the choice if you want to buy additional rights on the company. Uh, but just always remember that this same company that wants you to give them your money right now, one year ago they didn't have the same faith in you as a shareholder. Touching on, touching on uh, what Felix said, I'm, I'm looking at my HISAP at the moment, and uh, yes, Transcentury rallied today. Um, it, it actually rose by 9.09%. It opened, it opened at uh, 1 shilling 32 cents and closed at 1 shilling 44 cents. Um, other companies that rallied today on the NSC, we have um, East African Portland, which rallied by around 9.84%, closing at 8 shillings um, and uh, 8, 8 shillings 4 cents. And then, of course, we had Uchumi. I'm a, I'm an idiot from where the branch of Kansas who's a hot dog. Anyway, <laughs> Uchumi has run it um, 8.7%, closing at um, 25 cents today. Well, now compared to um, 23 cents at opening. And then, of course, we have Olympia Capital Holdings, which um, rose by 7.57%, closing at 1 shillings 99 cents, uh, up from 1 shillings 85 cents. And then lastly, we have Standard Group, which rallied by 3.33%, closing at 15 shillings 50 cents. Ali, let me just comment something on the gainers bit. I feel like you want to talk about it, too. 
Oh no, Uchumi, Uchumi we had said it's a race to zero. So, right. no, no, I wouldn't want to hit on Uchumi today. Thank I'd, you. I'd just leave it at that. But uh, maybe one thing that I would tell investors is if, if you're looking on the gainers list today, you'd notice that um, penny stocks are actually the ones that have gained in today's trading session. So you might want to ask yourself what level of volatility we're having on the market. One of the things that the NSE should actually invest in over time is just to look on, 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 on to what level of volatility. A lot of markets have volatility indices. Um, the NSE doesn't have one. I think that's one thing that guys would really want to look at because you're looking at it, Transcentury, Uchumi, uh, Olympia. Okay, standard group, I wouldn't really call it a penny stock, but the rest, Flame Tree, Portland, uh, East African Portland Cement, you know. Oh man. BK Group. No, no, no. BK Group. No, no I was just talking about stocks that have moved. No, BK Group, I wouldn't classify that. It's as not a penny stock, either. Yeah. Definitely not. Anything else you've left out on markets, Felix? Um, there's there's something small with telecom. I think it's more of an update. In uh, in the Gazette notice issued issued today. Um, just give me a sec. They announced that they're moving some assets. Give me one second. Where is this thing? Okay. So. Uh, Telecom Kenya announced that it's transferring its infrastructure business, which is the connectivity, collocation, tech solutions, operations, and maintenance to Telecom Digital. I think they announced earlier, somewhere, somewhere last month, that um, that they that they would they would already um, form two two subsidiaries, Telecom Consumer and Telecom Digital, and uh, Telecom. Telecom Digital will sort of house its digital and, and finance services. What do you have to say about this, Felix? Does it make any difference? I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. So uh, I think it's a good thing. Maybe for now, it, it would be too early to really talk about what Telecom Digital or Telecom Consumer is going to give guys. Guys just want, I mean, I personally have a Telecom line and I just want a good connectivity or, my, or a good connection from it. I'm stuck with the toxic relationship that is the green, the green one. Expensive but efficient. No, 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 no. Come on. We're just going to Ethiopia. When returns start coming in, we'll, we'll, we'll work on reducing the costs. <laughs> uh, maybe see. Ali, just one thing that I think, I don't know if the government has really had a look at it, but the government could actually list telecom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why? They could list Telcom so that Telcom could actually... On what prospects? <laughs> MTN listed, like for, for Christ's sake, we had we had um, MTN Ransel list in Rwanda. We, we haven't had an IPO in a very long time. Come on, Telcom guys, let's go Telcom. Really? So you want the government to be Telcom <laughs> what? Because it's been a while? <laughs> I think telecom has telecom has 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 changed uh, in a lot of ways. And come on, I would man. I'd love to hear what the guys what the guys on Telegram have to say about this, but I am not so sure anyone would agree that we should 
list a company because a kumenya maza nsi no come on guys i honestly think that <laughs> we need to have we we've seen what what other countries are doing with their with their telecommunication services guys please I think it will also bring a lot of activity as well on the company to catch investors eyes you know what valuation are they going to bring into the table that's one thing and then what areas would be the themes of the IPO if if you really want to talk about telecom let's let's let me hear this from you have you had anything about their mother with atel that that story just went and went and cooled down anything because i it's it's been a minute and i i'm really really not updated on what's happening there i prefer not to talk about that okay on to other on to other news um yesterday the world bank confirmed that kenya has received 750 million dollars to boost covid-19 recovery efforts i think um i think it's something that we'd already reported earlier from wall street It's something that um, the CBK governor talked about during the MPC, right, Felix? That that the loan was the loan was coming. I think we we, we don't want to talk about borrowing. I I don't want to talk about World Bank IMF. It's it's stressful, man. It's it, it's Friday. I mean, I I want to go home and 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 relax. I, I don't want to end my Friday with, with a lot of pressure on me. We, we do, but then we have to talk about this. Also, we also have to talk about the budget. Oh, And man. let me tell you something. Eh? We'll just touch on it since we, we've already discussed the budget a couple of times. Um, there's this infographic posted by Standard Digital and it was comparing the, the budget of Kenya with other countries. Um, so this year's budget is 3.63 trillion for Kenya. Uganda is um, 1.37 trillion. Tanzania is 1.69 trillion. <clears throat> Rwanda is 407 billion and Burundi is 98 93.8 billion which you know um if if we calculate this in the rate of losing 2 billion every day essentially we lose Rwanda we lose Burundi's budget in what 41 days and a few hours. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the challenge that with the population of 59.7 million uh, Tanzania's budget is at 1.69 trillion mm-hmm. with a population of 53.8 million Kenya's budget is at 36 uh, 3.63 trillion you know technically whatever we are telling guys is Kenya's budget is 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 larger than all the other East African nations combined okay. you know yes. if, if yeah it is actually it is until adi tumebaki we can we can actually have some change left you know so get a couple of these guys come on why don't we buy these countries <laughs> <laughs> but then just how much money how, how much money are we financing with revenue on the budget care is expected care is expected to raise 1.2 trillion which means close to half of what we are budgeting for we don't have more than half more than half of what we are budgeting thank for. you we don't have and you know what's going to come as a country we are living we're living outside our expenses as in we are fully dying as a country major Whew, it's I, i don't know i really don't know what i'd really love to go through burundi's budget for 93 billion this is what i think we 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 give to the ministry of defense 
So literally, it means we can Burundi can be a ministry in Kenya, and it's really interesting. I believe I really hope that um, uh, Burundi's president, who came here, he was in the country a few days back, right during the Madaraka Day celebrations. Evariste Dashimi, yeah, the guy who was to be here on the thirty fifth. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm really hoping that he picked in a few things. Uh, it would really be interesting now with um, with Nkurunzins are not in the picture, what level of activity are we going to see in Burundi? I'm really hoping that they might catch up with Rwanda. I remember back then when we were in school, you, whenever you talked about Rwanda, what really hit your mind next was Burundi. Burundi. So it's really unfair if the, if, if the twins, one of the twins is, is growing faster than the other, I know that's one thing that guys are really going to be looking into. I would also probably have a little bit of an internal look on 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 Uganda. You know, Uganda's budget of one point three seven trillion. I think Sevo Sevo needs to tell us something. I I don't want to get into Uganda. I've I've really had. I'm a fan of Uganda. I want to go to Ginger. Come on, so I won't. I wouldn't want to be stopped at the border. You're the one who's not talking. Are you the one who's not talking good about Sevo? Right. I think um, now that now that we're here talking about Uganda, let's let's discuss uh, Tanzania. And I just want to hear what you think. So um, yesterday, eh, yesterday we heard a bit of news. Tanzania Tanzania announced that uh, they want to waive VAT on uh, on mobile phones, and I think they they're planning to do that because the they, they want to increase the number of internet users in the country and they're targeting an 80% um, internet user base by 2025. And I think um, this, this, this proposal was brought by, by the finance minister and uh, they wanted to exempt uh, VAT on smartphones, tablets and, uh, and modems. Do you think it's worth it for forty six percent of the country's population? It's very sad. They're only looking at twenty percent. But I personally believe it would be a good step for mm -hmm. Tanzania. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they actually said um, the finance minister. Can we say like Tanzania? Um, Tanzania wanapata suluhu on a lot of these things. You know. They're getting a lot of the problems that we need resolved. You, have you ever prayed and you're seeing your prayers answered elsewhere? Because, man, because you know, you know, literally, we we saw earlier on um, President Samia Suluhu actually said that they would they, they're likely to introduce to to lower the V was it VAT or income tax? Mm, I'm not so sure. There, there's a tax that I think I think it's the income tax. She said that they would they would work on 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 having that lowered. I think I pray a lot, guys, and I feel my prayers are being answered elsewhere. Maybe I should move to Tanzania, but no, guys, we're here. I'm Kenyan. I love Kenya. I'm proud of Kenya. Uh, I think uh, I think that, that that I know they they announced something on. Uh a few tax reviews for agriculture. Yeah. Speaking of agriculture, okay, guys, guys, guys want to, what do they want to do to our potatoes? Oh, if they, you have potatoes right now, you need to inform 
the government that you know what I'm farming potatoes. Potato is going to become like um like can I can I say the word? Sure. It's going to become when you're growing potatoes and you've not informed the government, it's going to be like someone who's growing um marijuana or marijuana in your land and you've not told the government. Speaking of which there's actually a marijuana bill that's coming into parliament. We're hoping that that for, for medical purposes, I think it would actually be good. We're seeing that happening around here. Uh, I think one of the challenges that we've had is if we if you can actually sensitize guys on the medical use of certain substances. Imagine imagine uh, an arbitrary period in time, right? It's twenty it's twenty thirty-five and uh, we're, we're, we're in the post marijuana Kenya, so we've legalized um, weed, but then here you are, you can't grow potatoes. Oh, guys, that's registration. Yeah, like you, you can actually grow cut, which is Mira, but you can't. But grow then potatoes is where potatoes. we draw the line. Like you can grow wheat somewhere, but if you go for potatoes, <laughs> speaking of wheat, there's tax coming in on bread, guys, so you might want to. <laughs> You might want to stock up yourself on bread. I don't know if they will increase as well the, the expiry period, which is seven days. I'm really hoping. <laughs> oh, guys, there's quite a lot that's coming in with, 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 the, with the finance, um, with, with, generally with, with the budget that's coming in. But at the same time, Ali, um, I know as we talk about other things, it's also very good to acknowledge um, that there are few sectors like the agricultural sector that you've mentioned mm -hmm. that are actually receiving a boost because we're seeing the government actually giving uh, the agricultural sector um, an extra 74 billion just so that they can beef up um, food security and remember beefing up is now good because kenya meat commission is with the ministry of defense so we are technically beefing up um the i'm really hoping that this would be something it's it's always really sad whenever you're seeing a point where guys are dying of hunger in a country that is agriculturally viable. Yes, speaking of agriculture, um, like we've seen exports, especially in the horticulture, um, such such this week. I think um, the export earnings for for Q1 in 2021 rose to 39.4 billion Kenyan shillings. Uh, that's up from 30 billion, 30.3 billion to be exact, last year. Uh, we also I think tea tea rose from uh, from what was it thirty four point one b to thirty five point eight billion. Uh, coffee coffee rose um, oh coffee rose really well. Coffee exports increased by fifty six percent here fifty six percent from uh, five point three billion last year Q one to eight point three billion this year. And uh, funny story. Uh, Uganda is actually the biggest recipient of Kenyan's exports. How about that? Exactly why I'm saying I cannot speak ill of Uganda. I <laughs> love guys in Uganda. Yeah, because exports to the country I think rose by around 15% to uh, 7.89 billion for the quarter. Yeah, I, I like, you know, the thing with, uh, the thing with in, like Uganda becoming uh, the, the, the leading importer for Kenyan goods, or Kenyan horticultural goods, it's, it's, it gives me this little hope, it's a little tinge of hope that we can boost trade with our neighbors and uh, continue growing at the African level as opposed to relying on uh, 
on, on sort of further countries because we saw how COVID-19 devastated that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in as much as we have, we're, we're complaining here in Kenya, Austria, the price of bread is about to increase, or you now need to register to grow your potatoes. I, I keep, we people of Kiambu will suffer. The World Bank is actually quite optimistic. Felix, so the World Bank released a report a few, a few, few days ago, and um, they were saying that they have, um, they have quite, um, what's the word? They're moderately optimistic. That's how I put it. They're moderately optimistic about Sub-Saharan Africa for for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. And um, essentially what I got from the report was we were about to be hit, but then we didn't, like things didn't turn out as bad as they expected. And uh, just, just to discuss a few numbers I have with me is that, um, give me a second. But Ali, even as you check on the numbers, mm -hmm. can we just say that the World Bank and IMF all these, these, these companies, these multilateral lenders, can we just say that they're trying to make us feel like, you know what, things are going to get better, you know. Just but as a country, we know, we know, we know where, we know where things are, like, why, why would we want to lie? Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> most likely. But, you know, I think it's also for them to, you know, if, if you're giving guys hope, you know, all humans actually live for looking at it now from... From 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 a spiritual perspective, unlike you, I'm not looking at it from, from a spiritual perspective. <laughs> Everyone wants hope. We, we I'm all, looking at we looking all at, want that little hope, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a Kenyan. I'm, I'm a Kenyan man. Please, we, Nairobi snatched the little hope that we have. But I think for me, these indicators are important because of, especially how they inform decision making from an outside point of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, exactly. that is, this is like, this is the only, well, for me, this is the only reason why I consider like the World Bank indicators important. And we're um, saying that in, in 2020, sort of output fell by 2.4% in Sub-Saharan Africa. And um, the recession was sort of milder than previously projected because the virus moved slowly across the continent, well, across the Sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, agricultural activity was especially strong in Kenya, Nigeria, Benin, and, and Ethiopia. Uh, but then also, I think we had we had a general fall in, in activity in the biggest economies within within the, the region. Of course, Angola, Nigeria, South South Africa um, has recovered a little bit. Um, after contracting by around 4.2% last year. And um, the agricultural and industrial exporters definitely took a hit because of less demand again from, from other countries. So um, Angola was hit, Cape Verde was hit, Mali was hit, uh, Congo was hit, and then um, the tourist-reliant countries uh, also Put quite quite some blows from from last year. So Kenya, uh, Mauritius, and Seychelles, Seychelles, however you want to say it. 
Okay. Ali, you've talked about Angola. Let me just cut you short. Sure. So guys, here's, here's one thing. Angola owes China alone. Chinese entities. Angola owes $20 billion in debt. And China Development Bank, they owe that I think about um, 14.5 billion. And um, the, the Exim Bank of China, that's the Export Import Bank of China, they owe about 5 billion. I don't know. I think it's been the situation, first on inflation on Angola has been bad. We have to really just talk about that. And it's been bad, it's been bad, it's going to be bad. For Angola, I don't know how easy that's going to be here for Kenya, mm -hmm. but for Angola, it could be worse, actually. And also, you think even right now, um, the World Bank actually looks at Angola as most likely to be the worst performing country in terms of um, in terms of the year-to-year -year GDP returns right. in Africa. Countries that we should be looking at in Africa, I think that are really going to surprise guys include countries like Somalia, which could surprise guys in terms of their returns. And you know, last year, Somalia actually received their first loan, I think in about three decades from IMF. About, was it 100 billion Kenyan shillings? That was, I think it was one, I think it was about 100 million dollars. I can't remember the figure. So, but, but something like that happened, right? So we're really looking at Somalia surprising Kenya. Oh, guys, I forgot to say something about Ethiopia. Ethiopia is finally setting up um, regulations surrounding capital markets, so which means we could be expecting Ethiopia to actually have a stock exchange. Ethiopia doesn't have a stock exchange. Can you imagine the guys who don't know how to send money through the mobile phone? They do have a stock exchange. I'm really hoping that we will see interoperability into the mobile money service in Ethiopia and also access uh, to the stock exchange for young investors in Ethiopia. That would really be a good opportunity for investors. And guys, also once again, uh, me saying that the guys don't know how to send money using a mobile phone, that's a joke. So please, don't hold that on me, that's a joke. So laugh on it, let it go. Yeah, I think <laughs> definitely a few a few good prospects here and there, especially for Ethiopia. Yeah. Uh, Somalia, um, you, you're right, they received, I think, uh, Last year, it was around. Actually, um, I know they cleared arrears in around March, and then they got a fifty-five um, million grant from the World Bank in um, in uh, around June, and then they had another twenty-five million grant from AFDB. I still need to follow up on the loan. But I think Somalia has good prospects because in, in a previous conversation we had for, with uh, Brighter, funny, we have startups in Somalia getting funding. Not funny. No, like That's we wouldn't, it, it's good. But the thing is, I think we already have this painted picture of Somalia such that most people wouldn't even conceptualize that. Yeah. You know, Ali, what I usually look at if you at Somalia is from a country that has a lot of potential. You know, Come on, guys. Let's let's be brutal. 
Somalia has had a lot in terms of acts of terrorism, right? Mm-hmm. But it, how different is that from Rwanda that has also has a dark past, you know? How different is that from Kenya that has um, post-electoral violence? How different is that from countries like Zimbabwe that you have the army overthrowing the president? All countries probably have a point, some dark, a point where they had a dark past. But I'm seeing Somalia is going to give us a main, um, quite quite a huge challenge. But it would actually be good for the country and also generally for the economy. I'm looking at it in the next few years. If they will, why why can't we have um, a country like Somalia join East African community? Right. So if we yeah. Who's on you? Is yes joining yes right? There is. I think it's Congo. Cong- yeah, DRC. And and Somalia yeah, is, is right here. Yeah, like Somalia is Somalia is right here and and then DRC is, is on the other side. It's really interesting. I'm really going to I'm, I'm really hopeful that we would have um Somalia join ES because there's a lot in terms of trade opportunities. Even in terms of port, uh, the access to the Indian Ocean. That would be a competition to the Lamu port, but I'm really hoping that would give if the port of Mogadishu can become as active and also we have full stability into the country. Mm-hmm. I think I think Somalia can actually become a very good port for countries like Ethiopia. That's something I'm looking at it from. That's one way. It could be a good thing for Ethiopia and also South Sudan or Sudan. Not necessarily a good thing for us, though. Is it? Oh yeah, not not necessarily, but you know. Don't worry, guys in Somalia. We support you. Right. I think I think we should wrap up the podcast here. We've discussed, we've covered um, a few things we wanted to cover. What are you looking forward to next week, Felix? Maybe next week, one thing that um, I believe we'd, we'd all be looking at would be, first of all, I know we're still going to be looking onto the cryptocurrencies, but we're also going to be looking, monitoring closely mm-hmm. on what's happening with... Um, with activity on the exchange, the large volumes of trades that we're seeing on companies that have been dormant in terms of trading activity. So it's going to be very interesting just to see um, what, how, how are these companies likely to perform over time. Uh, I know that's one thing, Ali, you, you might probably want to look into. Right. Um, I'm also going to just see uh, a little bit on generally how, how are guys going to react to the budget. You know, whatever we're seeing right now is we're just seeing something small. The budget was read yesterday. So guys are yet to really get in-depth and tell them and, and have a look at the numbers. Guys are probably having at those numbers right now. Next week, you'll get more data regarding um, the budget. And I know this is something we can discuss during the Bulls, guys, and Whiskey on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about on markets? On markets, I'll be looking at Transcentury. You know, that, 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 that the announcement of the AGM of the rights issue, that actually just came out later during trading hours i think at around at around one um at around 1 40 pm or so uh, are, no it actually came out at 2 30. Mm-hmm. so guys only had 30 minutes to really digest what's really happening but now that investors know this information what are we really looking into over the next few days are guys going to value um i'm just interested in what price and if cma would uh, would approve I'm really wondering what price they're going to, what value are they going to give to investors? Are they going to tell you you can buy five shares for a stock that 
I think they should give guys, I know, you know rights issue usually is supposed to be traded at a discount. Mm-hmm. You need to buy the rights at a discount if you're a shareholder. So what what price are they going to bring into the market? That that would definitely be a major concern for me. Also, we generally just want to look on how the Crown Paints rights issue is is currently, um, if it be, uh, generally, how is it happening on the market? We're supposed to expect the shares from the rights issue to start trading, I think, next month. Um, also, at the same time, I think we might just want to see how guys are developing in um, activities on the NSE itself, the exchange, the counter for the exchange, because how how markets reacting to the new changes on the board? Those are some of the things that guys are going to look into. But I'm seeing, um, checking it out on the Hisa app. You can see Safaricom yesterday since since um, Uhuru went to Ethiopia and and did that um, for the opening. You've seen a lot of activity. Come, Safaricom has been on the positive edge. So, really hoping for equity to move into Ethiopia. Yeah, guys, go go James Mwangi and go go Igara, you know. <laughs> now, I'm, I don't know. You know, Ali, Ethiopia, Equity Bank has a lot of potential. If, if, if Equity Bank had the funds, then Equity could bid for both banking and telecommunications license where we have. I think... I we think, have Equitel uh, and... <laughs> I think... I'm not so sure about telecommunication really, but given, but given that, I feel like they would. Here's my opinion, right? Safaricom uh, Consortium has 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 a good hand on 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 the banking. Sorry, on um, telecommunication, telecommunication, and mobile money, and mobile money. Equity, on the other hand, has a has a good has a good hand on banking, especially um, when it comes to. Low, 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 low income users and just making making banking more accessible, especially to the to the common. Who is the version of Wanjiku in Ethiopia? I'm curious. Yeah, we're curious. <laughs> right, and I think that's a, that's a nice place to put a pen on it, um, guys. Thank you so much for joining um, us in this discussion. Definitely look forward to our other conversations. Um, thank right, you guys. for joining this call. Um, see you on Monday at Markets Monday. Okay, guys, thank you for joining us uh, today. Catch me on Markets Monday. We'll be with Ali again as we also touch a little bit on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. Have a lovely weekend.